Lord Jesus, this morning as we, as we embark, as we enter, as we jump into uh, one of your Gospels, Lord, God, I pray, Father, that our hearts would stand to believe what was just in the video, that we can stand and declare over each and every single one of us, our families, our friends, Lord, your promises. Because there's not a promise in Scripture, Lord, that has not come true and that will not come true. Lord, we see time and time again as we look at Scripture, your, your promises, the prophecies, everything that, is, that has been spoken about is coming true, Jesus. And Lord, we look forward to seeing more of your promises come to fruition as we get closer to your return, Jesus. So this morning, Father, may we find something to fight for. I love what it says in Nehemiah where he says to fight for your family. Lord, I pray, Father, that that would be our desire, our heart, that we would stand to fight for what you've given us. That we would stand to represent you in our secret lives, in the lives of our family, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, our communities, in retirement, whatever that may be, Lord, we are praying that we would stand upon what you call us out of and you call us to do and what you call us for, Jesus. So this morning, Father, we are we're praying a, a fresh anointing over this church, over your people. And we pray that as we, we continually see negativity and destruction as we continue to see people who, who totally blatantly go against you, those that are mocking you, those that are mocking your followers. Lord, it could be discouraging, but I pray, God, that you would fill us with hope. May we continually experience and be filled with your peace and your joy. May our lives be totally surrendered to you, Jesus. So here we are, Lord. Another year, but the same mission, to represent you in this world, to proclaim the good news of Jesus to everyone we come in contact with. So Lord, may we continually live for you. May we continually fix our eyes on where you're working and what you're doing. May our ears be sensitive to you, Jesus. So Lord... Thank you for that, Jesus. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We worship you. So Holy Spirit, speak. And may we have ears to hear, Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. So like I said earlier, we are starting a new series today in the book of John, and, and today is going to be an introduction, and so we won't get into breaking down a passage, but we're going to set up what this next year is going to look like today, and, and even the, the reason behind the book of John, and, and so we're going to talk about today. But if I was to ask you a question, what is your purpose in life? Why do you do what you do? How would you respond? 
What is your why? Do you know that? In my studies and as we, as we read books, you know, there's so many people that say when you find your why, you find exactly who God created you to be. So why is your why? What is your why? What is your purpose? Each of us were created in the image of God on purpose for a purpose. Each of you are unique in your personal mission in life while different is still centered upon the reality that we are God's children and that we were created in the image of God. Purpose is the why. The why you exist. Why you lead your family the way you do. Why you work the way you do. Why you enjoy hobbies the way you do. Why you live in the neighborhood you do. Everything is around that. And and there's purpose behind everything we do. Your purpose in life comes from your motives, the deepest desires of your soul, and out of that, alter how you live, your behaviors, your thoughts, your processes, your drives, everything. Your purpose gives you the reason you exist. And so let's look at something. Each each business, each individual, each nonprofit, there is a reason why they do what they do. And so Samaritan's Purse's purpose Um, Listen to this. Samaritan Purse is a non-denominational evangelical Christian organization that provides spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world. Samaritan's Purse has helped meet needs of people who are victims of war, poverty, natural disasters, disease, and famine with the purpose of sharing God's love through his son, Jesus Christ. The organization serves the church worldwide to promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look at a couple locals. Kime Lumber. I, I've never actually looked at Kime Lumber's reason, the drive as to why they do what they do, but I want to listen to this. Our vision is to lead and inspire others to fulfill their dreams and goals. Our mission to provide exceptional service to our coworkers, customers, and community while honoring our creator. How cool is that? That their mission is to honor their creator. Their values, Christ-like servant leadership, uncompromising quality, building relationships. Their first value, Christ-like servant leadership. You know that they're led by people who absolutely love Jesus when their purpose is to honor their creator. Let's look at a couple others. H15, our primary purpose is to provide a safe place for teens to hang out and have fun while being surrounded by godly men and women setting a good example for them. Pomerine Hospital. At Pomerine Hospital, our mission is caring for our community's health. For me, myself, my purpose and what I set out to do is my purpose is to lead and love like Christ in my family, ministry, and how I lead myself and those around me. In the alliance, as an alliance, Acts 1-8 family, what is our purpose as an alliance church? Well, all of Jesus for all the world. That is why we do what we do. It's so that Jesus is made known throughout the world. Here, as an individual church, our purpose is to intimately know Christ, become more like him, and help others to do the same. 
If we didn't have a purpose or a reason as to why we exist, we wouldn't go anywhere. There would be no drive, no focus, no intentionality. So what is your purpose? Why do you do what you do? What's the reason? Have you found why God created you? Each and every single one of us has a purpose in life. And so as leadership as a church, with our desire to intimately know Christ and become more like him and help others to do the same, we have very intentionality and values as to how we do that. And one of our values is the word of God. Augustine said this, where scripture speaks, God speaks. Here at Faith Bible Church, we believe that the word of God is the inspired word of God. Everything we do is founded and grounded in what God says in his word. We believe the Bible is God-breathed, authoritative, inerrant, sufficient, understandable, necessary, and timeless. While it was written to first century, it is timeless and has many applications to us as believers today. And so where do we find that purpose? How do we understand Scripture? Well, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this. Well, I firmly believe what God gave us Scripture, the purpose behind it is for this reason. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Even God himself has purpose as to why he has inspired men to write Scripture to provide for us today. It's so that we would be complete and equipped for every good work. God intentionally allowed Scripture to come about not only so that we can, can teach and, and correct and all of those things, but in, in the end, he did it so that we can understand who he is and his purpose behind everything he does. And so our purpose as believers, we know is that we are to go into all the world and make disciples. That is our purpose, as to why we are Christ's followers. We are to go and teach and baptize in the name of Jesus, leading people to be obedient to the commands of Christ. With the reminder that if we were to continue going, right, 18 says all authority has been given to Jesus. And so Jesus has given us purpose. He's given us value. He's given us intentionality. All these things, right? Ephesians 2.10, right? We were created through Christ Jesus in order to do good works. Those good works is proclaiming the good news of Jesus in everything that we do. That is why we're making us. And so if you're here and you're looking for self-help talks or ways to get rich quickly, I'm sorry, this is not that. Our desire is to lead you and point you and to show you that the overarching theme of Scripture is Christ-centered and centered around the redemption of mankind in which Jesus is the hero. That is why we do what we do, why I preach what we preach. Genesis 1 through Revelation 22 has a unified global thrust, one of my commentaries say, and that hinges on the passion and the alliance, all of Jesus for all the world, because God's mission is to make worshipers of Christ from every tribe, nation, and tongue. And so as leaders, we know that our purpose is to make sure that we point you to Jesus Christ. That is why we do what we do, not to ourselves. This isn't about us. This is about how we get to show and 
lead you and guide you to be more and more Christ-centered, to fall more in love with Jesus, and out of that love for Christ, to love others. We read last week in 2 Peter 3, a reminder, the Lord is now not slow to fulfill his promise to some counselness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's desire, his purpose of being slow is that you would come to know Jesus Christ and that the world will come to know him and come to repentance. The Lord's desire is that all who believe come to repentance. Believe what? Jesus. Our heart and our desire is to fall more in love with Jesus and to reflect that to a world. And so that's exactly why we're going through the book of John. John is a gospel that, that not only shows and reveals some of the, some of the miracles of Christ, but the book of John ultimately comes down to revealing the person of Jesus Christ and who he is, the reality of that. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. And so John wrote about the good news of Jesus. And so here are some historical things about the book of John as we enter into this time of understanding why. John would have been a gospel written somewhere between 70 AD and 110 AD. People believe that some of it was written around or right before the destruction of Jerusalem. And some of it was written after that. John would have had an understanding of all of that. It would have been a book written to possibly second to third generation Christians. It would have been written to Christ followers, possibly who needed encouragement, detailed instruction about Jesus, and potentially new defenses for the apologetic problems dealing with apostasy, which is the abandonment of the core teachings about Christ. The recipients of this letter would have had some knowledge of Jesus, but like I spoke last week, these would have been people who probably would have been around scoffers and people trying to push them and point them in a different direction. And we know throughout Scripture and, and through not only external sources but internal sources that, that John most likely is the writer of John. Not John the Baptist, but John the son of Zebedee. And John would have been attributed to not only the book of John, the gospel of John, but 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and Revelation. This would have been a man who, who knew Christ, Right? When we go throughout the book of John, it's often mentioned a disciple whom Jesus loved. John was close to Jesus. May have been his right-hand man. John would have been at the crucifixion where Jesus said, Hey, John, here's my mom. Please take care of her. Would have been at the resurrection with Peter. John experienced many different things. He would have been at communion that we're about to take. The Last Supper, John would have been there right next to Jesus. And not only that, but there's historians and others like Arrhenius and Azubis that would have, would have attributed John. John has been the, the writer of John since the 4th and 5th centuries that many people would say. He would have been aware of the thoughts and interests of the disciples. He would have been someone who shared in their experiences. John would have been a Palestinian Jew who would have an understanding of the landscape and things that John talks about that, that is written in the book of John. 
Not only that, but John's a fisherman, and, and, there's, and he mentions about five different types of water in the book of John. If you're an English neighbor or you're a historian, the book of John would frustrate you. And here's the reason why. As an English major, who in here was an English major? What's supposed to be in the first paragraph of any term paper? Your thesis, right? Your thesis or your purpose, right? It, in the beginning of it, it would have been, here is my purpose. But what we're about to see is that the purpose of John is not actually written until the end of John. John is not a, a gospel that would have been chronological. There was a lot of different ups and downs in the book of John. Uh, John would not have been one of the Gnostic gospels, right? The Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that would have, that would have collaborated and connected to each other, that would have been about history and, and similar ideas throughout each gospel would connect and there would be same statements and similar ideas. The book of John is, is nowhere like that because John's desire isn't to necessarily talk about miracles and things like that. Whole, John's whole desire is about Jesus and the person of who Christ is. And so when we look at it, the, the the term paper, if you were to write a letter or write something, you would put your purpose statement in the beginning. But John doesn't write it till the end. And so what we're going to do today is actually go to the end of the John, and then we're going to rewind it back to the beginning of John. And so what is the purpose of John? As we talk about our purpose and that everything has purpose, what was the reason why John wrote the book of John? What was it about that, John, that drove John to write this? Well, the purpose is actually found in John chapter 20, starting in verses 30 and 31, and it says this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. He's letting you know, hey, <laughs> Jesus did so much more, but that was not my intention. But these are written so that you may what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so as we go forward and as we read through the book of John, may this be at the top of your mind. That John wrote the book of John so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That is the purpose. That's what drove John. Why? Well, many people would believe that the people that he was writing to needed a reminder if it was disciples or even Gentiles that he was writing to, that they would need to be reminded of who Jesus is. For some, some believe that John was actually writing to, to lost people, and he was writing it to show them, hey, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But a couple things, right? It, it, the Christ here would have been the same word that would have been used in the Old Testament, Messiah. Christ hate to break it to you, is not his last name. Christ is his title. He is the Messiah. He is the sent one to save the world of their sins. John's whole desire is, hey, listen, the Messiah that you are waiting for is Jesus. And not only is he the Messiah, but he's the son of God. He is God. His deity. John's desire was that people 
Let's stand upon that. And so as we look at it, this word believe is going to come up 98 times in the book of John. 98. His purpose is not only at the end, but it's all the way through. In John 1.7, he talks about John the Baptist who, who was sent to bear witness so that people would believe. This word believe means to trust, to have faith in, to be entrusted with. His desire, writing the book of John, was to stir an active faith in Christ, who is the Son of God. And that's our desire. As elders, as leaders here at Faith Bible Church, our desire and our purpose is to stir in you an active faith. Not a passive one. Not a, well, I accepted Jesus, so I'm good kind of faith. It's a, no, I accepted Jesus, and I'm going to live that out in how I, how I love and how I lead and how I encourage my family, how I encourage my friends, how I work in my, in my place of work, how I live in retirement. Your faith should drive and direct everything about you. John witnessed all of these stories for three plus years when he was with Jesus. He knew the conversations. But the book of John would have been written most likely closer to the end of John's life. But John witnessed a lot. But his love for Jesus was evident through how he described Jesus. We're going to look at the I am statements, right? The bread of life, living water, the, the, the doorway, all of these things. John's desire was to show that Jesus was just more than someone who did miracles. He was God himself. Unfortunately, John's desire for them to believe was in a specific person, in Jesus. But our world, contemporary thinking, the, the religious culture in America loves to talk about it. But their whole idea and their whole thinking is it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. But I mean, if we look at that, how many of us would, would look at people who are crazy going, hey... I believe in aliens, right? In Ohio, I can't, I, I can't, I, I, I've heard stories of even people who, who, are, who are searching for Bigfoot, and they believe Bigfoot exists. And if he does, great, fantastic. I haven't seen him. Hopefully, if he is real, one day I will. But even Oprah herself, in one of the commentaries, was talking about how Oprah was interviewing an atheist, and the atheist says that, that he didn't believe, and Oprah's like, no, you believe. You believe in something, and that's okay. But as Christians, as Christ's followers, that is not okay. Because we firmly believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We firmly believe that, that Christ is the only way to the Father. We believe that, that God is the creator of the universe and that we are called to be obedient and follow him and to trust everything that he said in his word. As Christians, we can't go to someone and say, it doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or not because you're going to heaven. It's like, no. Like, like the reality, the only way to heaven, the only way to eternal life is through who? Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason for everything that we do. John's teaching on belief is much deeper and more robust and infinitely more life-giving than any modern pop culture philosophy. John's belief in, in Jesus and his talking about belief in Christ is way more important than even your typical Swifties. 
who totally believe that Taylor Swift is this incredible... That's you, right, Scott? You're a Swifty? Taylor Swift all the way? Right? This, this belief in Jesus Christ goes much deeper than someone asking you, hey, what's the weather going to be like today? And someone says, I believe it's going to be sunny. Right? It's, it, the, the word belief in, in American culture and the world is totally contrary to what John's desire is. John's desire isn't, wasn't just a, hey, believe in Jesus. His desire was, no, live like you believe in Jesus. And so in the course of 21 chapters, the gospel writer will answer three questions that I love in one of the commentaries I read. They laid out, and I absolutely love this. This is not my idea, but I absolutely love it. Here are the three questions. If I actually go forward and not backwards. What do we need to believe? What does it mean to believe? And why do we need to believe it? In John's purpose statement, he gives the reasons as to why. What do we need to believe? Look what it says again, 30. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So what do we need to believe? He's going to lay it out that we need to believe that Jesus wasn't just a person or a prophet or some great guy who loved. But Jesus is the Christ. He's the set one. He's the Messiah. He's the one that came to transform the world. That is what we need to believe. We not only need to believe that, but we need to believe that, that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was full God and fully human. Christ was his title. Christ was who he was. We need to believe and live like we believe that. John pointed out so many times that only someone who is God can do the miracles and things that were done. John pointed out that Jesus had authority and power and was fully trusted by the Father. Only someone with the divine nature could die and be the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. That was John's desire. And so what does it mean to believe? If we, we know what we need to believe is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. What does it mean to believe? Well, it means to love God with everything we have. What is the greatest commandment? To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, right? It wasn't the, the reason to believe and it wasn't just that we can love God with our minds. I mean, picture, picture walking out on a cliff and you see a bridge that connects to the other side. It's one thing to say, well, I believe that bridge is going to hold me. It's another thing to live that out and follow through with what you believe. It's easy for us to say, yeah, I believe that Jesus is, is Christ, the Son of God, but yet your life says something totally different. If we are to fully love God and we fully believe that Jesus Christ is he, who he said he was, who John says he was, then our lives need to reflect that. So it's not just a mental thing. It is an actual faith living out 
That was even why Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews in, in, in 11, it wasn't just, a, 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 it wasn't just a, a believing faith mentally. It was a confidence and a hope that we have, and we live that out, and we persevere through the trials, and we push through all the, the scoffing and the ridicule and all the tribulation that we're going to face. John's desire for those that he wrote to was that they would continually live it out and not give up. It was more than just belief based on intellectual adherence to a possible outcome. Placing one trust. John didn't just write so we can know facts about Jesus. He wrote his gospel so we would know facts about who Jesus is and what he was sent to do, and in response, trust him completely. Church, do you trust Christ completely? Do you trust that he's faithful? Do you trust that Jesus was the Son of God? Do you trust that what Jesus came to do fulfilled some of those promises? Do you trust that Jesus was the atonement needed for your sins? In Sunday school, we've, we've been talking so much about the Old Testament and faithfulness and obedience. And time and time again, we could see the Israelites not fully trusting what God said. And what happened? They fell into sin. Or God commanded them to do specific things, and they didn't fully do it. Why? Because they didn't fully trust. They didn't live that out. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, our calling is to fully surrender and trust Christ with everything to allow him to do what he wants to do in and through us. That was John's intention. Why do we need to believe it? Well, look at the end of 31. Believe in the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you may have what? Life. What do we need to believe? That Jesus is the Christ. What does it mean to believe? To live out full trust in who he says he is. And why do we need to believe? So we can have life. That was John's desire. And look at some of the things that he's going to write. In him was life, and out life was the light of men. John 3.16, for God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal what? Life. John 5.24, truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment but has passed from death to life. John 11, I am the resurrection and the, the one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's John's desire. Why we believe so that we can have life and life to the fullest. And this whole thing, what we're going to see is that when we truly believe we will live. John's desire wasn't just to give them intellectual knowledge. It wasn't just to give them history. It wasn't just to show, hey, Jesus can do all these cool things. His desire was to show Jesus who is the ultimate life giver. 
And that is what we're going to see from the beginning of time. John kicks it off not by, not, not by what other of the other typical gospels talk about with the nativity and, and advent and, and, and the coming of Christ and all these things. No, he goes back to beginning to Genesis 1 and says, in the beginning was the word. John's desire is to show that Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Christ didn't just come at his birth, but he's existed for all time. That is John's desire, and we're going to get to see that. We're going to get to see ultimately who Christ was. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. Tozer said this, The true believer owns Christ as his all in all without reservation. He also includes all of himself, leaving no part of his being unaffected by the revolutionary transaction. True believers give everything to Christ so that Christ can fully transform them and give them life. That is John's desire. As someone who experienced firsthand all of Jesus Christ, who's lived life, who's lived through the destruction of Jerusalem and everything else, and he's looking back and he's writing to believers and telling them, hey, don't give up. This is the Christ. Do you believe in him, church? That is ultimately why we're going to look at it, so that we may believe and continue to believe and continue to stand on the truth that Christ is incredible. And you cannot get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. Are you ready, church? Are you ready to encounter Christ like never before? Are you willing to come with open hands and open eyes as we open up this book and and maybe challenge even some of the things that you may or may not believe about Jesus? Maybe you're here and, and, and... This is the first time you've ever heard about Jesus. I'm encouraged because the book of John is typically a book that we allow new believers or invite new believers to to look at because it truly gives who Christ is. As those who have been committed to the faith, who have been saved, who are walking with Christ, this is only going to strengthen your faith as you wait for Christ's return or until he takes you home in glory. John is an incredible book. And I'm going to encourage you and invite you to to read it numerous times over this next year. Maybe once a week if you commit to that. Or once a month, read the whole entire book continually. But as we go through it, we are going to go bit by bit with the desire to not to miss anything about Jesus Christ. But hopefully through this, our faith in Christ goes deeper and deeper into him. And so as we do that, as we pray our hearts as to why we do what we do, and as we celebrate communion, it's because we believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and life. We believe that Jesus Christ is truly the one who died on the cross for us and rose again. We truly believe that Jesus Christ is the atonement for our sins. We believe that Jesus is the one who took our judgment from God on himself so that we can have life. And so as we prepare our hearts, let's spend some time praying. Kids are going to join us for communion. And so as they come in, let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. You are so right. You are so perfect. You are so incredible. And Lord, I can't wait to look at this book that you've given us.
for the purpose of correcting, for leading, for transforming our lives to be more and more like you, Jesus. And so this morning, I'm going to invite Linda to come up. Lord, reveal to us any sin in our lives. In this moment, as we process, Lord, I pray, Father, that our, our, that our belief in you would be challenged this morning. Reveal to us any disbelief that we have about you, about your Holy Spirit, about your word. Lord, is there anything in our hearts that, that needs to be forgiven, that needs to be confessed as we fully envelop and take communion this morning? And so this morning, as Linda is just playing, I'm going to invite you just to reflect for a little bit. Examine your life 